0: Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, May 2nd. We've got a ton of great content coming to you from the Cracked Rackets front. We are obviously aware that this coming weekend is the start of the NCAA men's and women's team tournament. We're so excited for those 32 regions of play. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be upsets, there's going to be surprising runs, there's going to be top seeds who maybe show some different lineups that get you intrigued and ready for the beginning of what is going to be a very fun NTA postseason. So be on the lookout for that preview content in terms of articles. I know we've got a five question preview that'll come up, I believe Friday morning. I'm going to be recording a great shot podcast, special edition tomorrow with some fun guests that you'll definitely want to tune into. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Obviously, I'll always ask, rate, subscribe, review, listen to this podcast, the Cracked Interviews podcast, Great Shot podcast, uh, What the Deuce podcast, so much great content coming from you guys. Obviously, if you need more instant updates, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, ton of great stuff on there. But joining me today to help break down all the stuff going on in the professional world, he is an on the rise personality, at least in our crack rackets world on the tennis channel content creating front from tennis.com, a returning guest to the Mini Break podcast, Kale Hammond, welcome back.
1: Dang, that was quite the intro. Uh did you did you have everything like like typed out or was that just off the off the cuff, off the top of the oh. head?
0: Look, when I'm ready to plug, I get it all out there because I don't want to, you know, keep making these references throughout the pod. It gets a little shameless.
1: Alright, well that was nice. That was impressive. I'm uh, happy to be here. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I obviously have a lot of thoughts if I'm ready to talk that quickly. I mean, it's a fun time for tennis. With the clay season beginning, there's always 250s popping up throughout Europe and a ton, ton of content. See, that's where my mind's at. ton of great tennis there. A lot of good data for us to look at what is looking at a wide open French Open french open wild card challenge that's always exciting to me if you're asking on a personal front i'm also doing great how are you Kale? i'm doing fantastic yeah yeah it's (laughs) late where you are
1: we got we better get going
0: that's what I'm saying. I'm a little bit loopy. I, I don't know. It's all kind of. I kind of fell asleep during the Denver Portland basketball game. That was a snoozer. I I often refer to myself because I, I play a lot of hoops nowadays. Now that my tennis career is over, I I guess the religion's irrelevant. But I'm a Jewish Nikola Jokic. Also ground bound. <laughs> uh, a lot of big rebounds. I mean, I was always I was a JCC big man, so I kept my arms up and I got some rebounds. Uh, How tall so are was, you? I'm like 6'2", I like to say. I don't have the best posture. So did you go through puberty early
1: and you were a big man when you were, you know, big man at 12, 13, 14, just towering over everybody and then everyone caught up or what?
0: See, it was, it, it was kind of two-pronged, so I grew to like five, six by the time. Well, I skipped a grade. This is all stupid. People don't care about my backstory. But the point is I was also fat when I was younger, so I was just a, <laughs> I was the big man. And I just kind of – I asserted myself in the paint. Even now I have an old man game. I love those hook shots because I can just use my arms to get enough length. But this isn't a basketball podcast. P- pump this... fakes
1: and pivot foots, man. That's all you need.
0: Dude, I have Kevin McHale's armpit hair as well, so I'm I'm just rocking that post game.
1: That's fantastic. All right, well, let's get going. That's enough about your shitty basketball game.
0: <laughs> I agree. Well, then let's talk a little tennis because, as I mentioned, there's a ton of fun stuff going on. Uh, there are two ATP 250s going on this week, one in Munich. That's where I want to start our conversation. Uh, the match that's popped out to me as the most exciting result of the day, a guy who we it seems like we've been talking about so much throughout this clay stretch Christian Garin, who knocks off number six seed Diego Schwartzman six one seven five. You look at Garin's results on clay so far this year. He made a final in Sao Paulo. He he won in Houston, Barcelona round of sixteen. Now he makes the quarterfinal here. A bunch of great wins along the way. You know, Kale, Matt Stachowiak, and I talked earlier. I think it was last week, and then a little bit earlier this week as well. Is second week of Roland Garros a possibility for Christian Guerin if he's able to maintain this sort of level?
1: Yeah, depending on the draw, it's absolutely a possibility. And This guy has been so impressive the entire clay court season. He's been unbelievable. He's been one of the best players um, on tour this entire time. I mean, he beat Diego Schwartzman in straights handily. And Diego's a great clay court player. He beat Shapovalov in straights handily. In Barcelona, he beat him five and two. That wasn't wasn't even close. That was a good bet. Um, Shapovalov was was actually Christian Garen was a slight favorite in that, which was crazy. I was on it. I was ready to just hammer <laughs> hammer Garen on that one. Um, but but Vegas had that one pretty figured out. Uh, he was actually a slight favorite over Shapovalov, which I thought was interesting, but made sense. So you know they know their stuff. And then he won Houston. I mean, and then he won Houston, and he beat Casper Ruud. Casper Ruud was playing out of his mind. That whole week, Kasparud's a great player. He's uh, definitely better on clay, but he was in the zone that week. So, I mean, to take out Kasparud, Kasparud was beating everyone like bad.
0: To just go back real quickly to that thing about Vegas on the Garen Shapovalov thing. Rothman and I texted about that specifically. I was like, man, Vegas is smart. Like, good for them to not fall for the Shapovalov trap. Garen should definitely be the favorite going into that match, so just... I guess shout out to them because I agree Like he was the favorite going into it's not even a shocking win given his form and yeah I completely agree with you the guy just he doesn't have many weaknesses on the clay he's able to change direction really well from both sides of the ball I feel like he's not a guy who's going to try and rip huge balls cross court but every time Schwartzman would try and open up an angle Christian Guerin found a better angle whether it was the forehand cross court whether it was him pulling the trigger backhand down down the line. I've said it before. He kind of has a Stan Wawrinka-esque service motion, the way he kind of brings his feet together and flicks the serve out, and he's able to... Do some damage with the first serve In this match he didn't serve particularly well Making only 46% of his first serves Wins 56% of his first serve points And impressive 62% of his second serves But the thing he did best in this match And granted it's against Diego Schwartzman, Who doesn't have a cannon I'm sure Max Rothman would argue That he serves harder than Diego Schwartzman. But he creates 12 breakpoint opportunities for himself Converts 6 of them I mean it just speaks that He's a steady solid player and physically, he looks like he's going to hold up three out of five very well.
1: Yeah, you said it at the end there when you said he was solid. Like, what he's done, this clay court, I mean, he's 15-4 and four on clay this season, which is fantastic. But he hasn't done anything. Like, it's not like the guy's just been out of his mind or, like, hitting shots that aren't repeatable or doing anything like that. Everything he's he's playing within himself, and he's crushing everyone. I mean... His hard court results, like, in between the clay, he had a couple good runs in South America, and then, you know, he flamed out on the hard court, so it'll be interesting to see um, how he fares on other surfaces, but right now on clay, the guy's, like, it's just, sometimes on clay, like, if it really, really sucks to beat you, then you're gonna win a ton of matches, especially on clay. (laughs) Because you have to go through hell and back to beat this guy because he's so fast, so strong, and doesn't make mistakes. And for any juniors out there listening, he's just a testament to what solid ground strokes and elite physical fitness can do, you know, especially on clay. The guy can stay out there all day, and his physical fitness and his strength, he's definitely a strong kid, and he plays within himself. You know, he doesn't beat himself, and that's like... Work hard on your fitness and don't beat yourself, and you're going to win a ton of matches.
0: Last point on this match, and on Garen in particular, because you just stressed that. In terms of his physical profile, you know, he's not an Alex Zverev. He's not an FAA, a guy who's just— He's going to beat—first of all, he's going to beat—I'm
1: sorry to interrupt you. He's, I, my bad. He's going to beat Zverev oh, no. tomorrow, isn't he? Ah— let me Hold check that thought. That. I'm, I'm, not re-
0: I'm, not re- yeah, I'm not ready to uh, Yeah, look up that line, and we will get back to that in a little bit. And never apologize for interrupting. God knows I do it enough. Uh, but this is a guy, 6'1", 187 is what he's listed. I mean, he is a thick guy, but as you mentioned, he moves on the clay so naturally. A guy who slides into his ground strokes just seems so comfortable. You know, it's hard to wrong foot him. He seems to have a good sense of when to change direction wrong foot his opponent yeah, he's just been so impressive throughout this run, and yes, hold that thought on this Zverev match because we will talk about previewing that uh, moving forward. I just really quickly want to run through some of the other results, and there weren't that many results uh, throughout the ATP Tour today. It was a lot of first half of round of sixteens, at least at the 250 level. So we'll be able to breeze through these Munich results pretty quickly. Alex Zverev, the number one seed, knocks out Landero seven five six one. Lindero was playing one heck of a first set. I mean, he came out firing, just really pushing Zverev back behind the baseline, keeping him off-put by hitting big angles, trying to be the aggressor. But for Zverev, this was a match where he just found his comfort. He started picking up his serving level. He started dictating, stepping into backhands, changing direction with the backhand. I mean, on the personal level, I know uh, it's been reported that his father had been ill and his father was in the box for this match. Obviously, this being in Munich, his home country, that's got to be a big moment and a good feeling for Zverev. But getting back to your thought on who's the. I mean, Garen's probably been in better form. Garen is the more solid of the player. But if you can't take time away from Alex Zverev, he can find his range. And I know he lost to Munar, and I think that's a very similar uh, preview of what we're going to see in this Garen-Zverev match. But I think Zverev is just going to serve a little bit better. I worry that you know if Garen is firing in second serves like he was against Diego Schwartzman, not making many first serves, that Zverev is going to be able to attack with his return. And when you're on your back foot against Alex Zverev, you're just in trouble. The odds have it's gotta be like zero of maybe minus one twenty five at best. No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. There's some juice on this one. It's Zverev minus two ninety, Christian Guerin plus two twenty five. So, really yeah. yeah, there's no there's some juice on this one for sure. Um I
0: mean, what do they know that we don't? That,
1: yeah, I mean, maybe Zverev plays amazing in Munich, um, you know, home, <laughs> it's, like, he's home. He's never lost there. Yeah, he's never lost in Munich, so I think that's definitely factoring into the line a little bit. Um, but, you know, he could lose to Chris. Garen's certainly been the better player this year. I mean, my goodness, it hasn't even been close. So you got a situation right here. You've got a guy who's been so much better the entire year on clay, especially and you know you got good odds. So I mean, a, a ten dollar bet gets you 22 and a half bucks. So that's I just, a good bet. That's just a good bet. And then, and if you don't think that one, then maybe the over over twenty two games is a good Ooh. bet there too.
0: That I could get into. over over twenty two games.
1: All it is seven 7 um six four and you push. Up. Yeah,
0: seven
1: five six four and you get your money back. And God, yeah, if they split or God forbid they go to a tie break, you're you're, you're golden.
0: God forbid. But I mean I do God, I wow. do
1: see a situ I do see a world where Zverev, uh, you know, is starts to get his mojo back. Like the guy is too good to play this bad. The, That's what I'm he's saying. too good to play this bad. And it makes sense that this uh stuff came out about his, you know, personal life. There was another thing that came out today about his agent. Um, he had parted ways with an agent, so he had to deal with all that stuff. And I'll tell you what, uh, being around the pro circuit. Now a couple of years, um, and knowing, getting to know these players, that's a, that's a stressor for them. Like dealing with these agents, and I mean their agents are great; they do a lot of good stuff, and, so, and they have good ones. But like, you know, switching agencies and dealing with because everyone's trying to get a piece of you, especially in tennis, because you know, if you're one of the top, the the pie is so much bigger, and if you're one of the lower ones, it doesn't really matter. So like, especially the top top players, they, um, it's definitely a stressor, I think, from what I've seen.
0: Yeah, and eventually Alex Zverev will wake up from his slumber. He's too good of a player. There's too much talent. There's just too many ways for him to succeed on a tennis court. And, you know, he gets a win here. That's obviously big for him. He'll get a tough match in Garen, and every tough match you get on your belt is a great uh, warm up for the French Open in what should be an open draw, depending on where the seeds fall. So. You know, it's just another chance for Zerov to prove himself in a high-stakes match. Some of the other results in Munich, real quick. Cechinato knocks out Klizan, 1-3. And, and then Fuksovic knocks out Montiero, 6-7, 6-4, 6-3. Looking into tomorrow's matches, we've got the other half of the round of 16. Uh, Karen Kachanov, as I affectionately call him, plays Philip Kohlschreiber. That's a brutal round of 16 for Kachanov, given some of the other guys in the draw brutal one for both of them yeah that's true i mean Cole it's, Shriver, it's totally it's brutal true. for both of them yeah in another world kohlschreiber i can't believe he's not seated in this
1: yeah i mean he's you know he's around the you know 40s 30s 30s 40s where he always sort of is i mean he's a little lower now but but yeah i mean that's a tough one if you're looking at that kohlschreiber was actually the favorite in this match um so that's really? interesting it is a brutal matchup if you're if you're well, i don't know what seed he was but um if he's yeah, if you're not, if you're playing the round of sixteen as a seed and you're not favored, that's that's definitely a brutal brutal matchup, and you've got the German factor going on. I don't know how much that factors into.
0: Well, given their forms in 2019, it makes sense. Cole Schreiber has, what, one, maybe two wins over Djokovic? He only won the first one, right? He lost the second one. I don't think
1: he's got two, my friend. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, no,
0: no, because they played again on clay, but I think he lost that one. I think you're right. But he may have split sets. Yeah, they definitely split sets. But yes, not shocking for Kachanov as the two-seed, though, Bruder. Uh, just brutal. Bautista Agut, the number four seed, takes on Rudolf Mulliker, the wild card in this one. Uh, Guido Pea, the number seven seed, faces Taro Daniel. Berrettini faces American Dennis Kudla, and those are your four matchups tomorrow. Which of those intrigues you the most?
1: I'm pumped because Kudla's last on, and so I'm finally you know get a chance to watch his match in full. Um,
0: it's what six a.m., seven, eight a.m.
1: No, it should be it should be a little. It's it's probably yeah eight a.m. Oh, Ballpark. Not too good. And so I'll be able to watch Kula. I'm really good friends with him. He's such a nice kid. I grew up training with him a little bit at College Park, and he's, you know, he sort of inspired me to take tennis seriously. His approach um, to the game is is admirable. The guy just, you know, does the work. Super hard worker and super humble guy at the same time. I mean, he's he's definitely. I really want him to do well. Um, that was so.
0: a, that was a Taylor Fritz ass humble brag right there.
1: No, 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 no. It wasn't. I guess. <laughs> 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 that was pretty hilarious. We mentioned that. So so I guess we can go on a tangent here because you brought up that Taylor Fritz humble humblebrag. Let me look well, up the guy he's playing that he yeah, played against.
0: Hold that thought because we will get to that. But let's transition. Perfect way to transition us to our talk about Estorol, the other ATP 250 going on. Uh, you look at some of the results there. Uh, Before, oh, we can do that first. We can go out of order because I like it. Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, uh, the 19-year-old former world junior number two who knocked out Taylor Fritz yesterday, continues on his successful run. Gets his second win at the ATP 250 level, knocking out Jeremy Chardy in a dominating 6-1, 6-2 performance. Again, for listeners who don't know about uh, Davidovich Fokina, I saw a funny tweet. I think it was from Ricky Diamond saying his nickname should be meet the fuckers that would be pretty funny Uh, But the guy is 19 years old, as I mentioned, former World Junior number 2, the 2017 Junior Wimbledon singles champion, Junior French Open semifinalist that year as well. You look at it from an age perspective, he was competing and he beat FAA in the juniors, so this is a guy, you know, if you follow junior tennis, the Colette Lewis's of the world have been talking about him before. He's got one future singles title under his belt, two challenger finals, is up to a career high, 146 in the live rankings. Uh, and now getting back to that quote, obviously he knocks off Shorty, but he beat Fritz yesterday. And Fritz had some kind words to say about him, right? Yeah, it was
1: pretty funny. There was a tweet, I can't remember who said it, but, but they said, like, quoted Taylor Fritz. And he's like, he's like I've played Roger, I've played Rafa, this guy is hitting it bigger than both of them. <laughs> <laughs> was like, nice little humble brag, dude. Way to, way to, way to be. Way to, yeah, that's, I'm sure that's not going to fire up your opponent.
0: No, and so I got the chance to watch him for the first time, and Jeremy Shardy did not play a good match by any stretch of the imagination. You look at the stats from this one; yeah, he made seventy four percent of his first. Well, first of all, getting into everything, it was so fucking windy today in Estoril. Like you watched, there was the Opelka ace against uh, against Monfils, where where just kind of drifted away. There that's the slowest, the slowest
1: moves. ace that Opelka will ever
0: hit—that's for sure. Yeah, exactly, and it, it was just. I mean, conditions were out of this world the Sitsi Pass, every backhand, every other backhand at least, was a shank backhand from him. How was. funny was that
1: one? If you guys haven't seen it, go to Tennis Channel Twitter and scroll down like three or four tweets. There's a gif of Set- Sitsipas whiffing that backhand. He just arches his back back. Like the guy is just it's, – it's hilarious. He just like yeah. bends his backwards in like a reverse bow and arrow and then he trips and falls down on his butt. And the ball's like bouncing. The ball's about to bounce on him. It was just a perfect gif.
0: <laughs> I completely agree, and yes, always a fan of plug-in content. So go check that out. But just, I mean, it was a dreadful performance from Chardy. He only won forty-four percent of his first serve points, going fifteen of thirty-four, two of twelve on second serve points.
1: That's like the, that's, know, the, that's the that's the prototypical French. Uh, Conditions are pretty brutal today. I think I'm gonna mail this one in. Go home. Tra- go on <laughs> well, to the next one.
0: He just could not find a. He couldn't
1: approach, be bothered so. to try. But at the same time, this guy. I mean, it's. I wish he could change his last name because it seems like we're gonna have to get used to it. Um, Davi- Can David just call Davidovich, him Ale
0: Alejandro?
1: Davidovich Fokina. Someone call him this f***ing <laughs> guy. <laughs> 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 so this <laughs> guy, his backhand is unbelievable. He was hitting some backhands today. I was just like, I mean, the pace, and he was stepping into the court, taking time away, taking them on the rise. And that's just like his backhand works at every level, and it's it's a world-class backhand already. I mean, he's in the zone right now. He's, he's beat, He beat good players. He beat Bjorn Fratangelo. Bjorn Fratangelo is a great clay court player. He beat Dan Evans. Dan Evans is a phenomenally talented player. And then he beat Taylor Fritz, and then he beats the piss out of Shardy. Um And so, yeah, I mean, he plays Monfils tomorrow. That's going to be interesting. Hopefully the conditions get a little better there because, yeah, I mean, they're dealing with like 30, 40-mile-an-hour gusts of wind, you know, sand, clay in the eyes, and that's just a nightmare.
0: It wasn't even a court. It was like the undersurface of what a clay court should be. There was no clay left on it. And we'll get into the Monfils-Opelka match, and I I think that there was dramatic effect on the quality of that match. But my last thoughts on my boy Alejandro, it's – It wasn't—I mean, maybe it was because it was windy. He was so solid. He did everything so well. Yes, he took balls early. He changed direction well. He moved like a hawk. He was everywhere. But he didn't blow me off the court with anything. He had a nice, really nice slice serve out wide on the deuce. And I'm not saying, you know, this is a 19-year-old. The fact that he's this solid can put this sort of performance against a struggling but still Jeremy Chardy is a testament to where his game's at but i i am i i need to see more matches i'm not like sold yet you know these are his first two atp wins but i was i'm i'm certainly taking notice now
1: yeah i mean i mean look the guy's i look i think he's going to be good that backhand that backhand works reminds me of, like a cell backhand but i mean <laughs> a little bit better
0: i <laughs> yeah, uh, would argue he would say you know maybe yeah of not. course he should his backhand's unbelievable if, i would, would argue say that if too the, if i was you know, carru Crew and I love crew, so I'm saying this lovingly. He would say, "If we had more opportunities on the transition tour, you would see how good my backhand is." Given you know, <laughs> his attitude, and I say that lovingly, of course. But uh, let's move on to our next match. The match I want to talk about uh, most about from Estorol, that of course is Riley Opelka's. Uh, 3-6, 6-3-6-0 loss to number three seed Gaël Monfils. I mean, this match was a fucking shit show. It was horrible. I mean, the quality of tennis was not good. You had Monfils; it felt like slicing every forehand, just trying to find a way to make balls because of how windy it was, how swirling it was. You could tell one side of the court you could be more aggressive. One side of the court you were just hitting into the, you know, hitting with the wind on your back. You'd be a little bit more careful. As you mentioned, Opelka hit the world's slowest ace just trying to kind of feel the ball uh, get it onto the court. Monfils in this match made 85% of his first serves but they were probably at 65% of their usual speed. It was fun to watch Riley play a junk ball match. He created you know 10 break point opportunities for himself which is pretty impressive but uh what a match.
1: Yeah those conditions reminds me of like playing in Palm Springs or something you know you get one of those desert courts those desert country clubs and you're in the plane in the late afternoon and and you're just, you know, you're playing against a wall. Like it's just a wall of wind. But this wind was swirling too. I mean, that serve I've never seen anything like it in my life. <laughs> guy hits a guy hits a sixty mile an hour serve just getting it in, like, ha ha, this is hilarious. Like, can't believe these conditions. And then the gust of wind just takes it. <laughs> you know? It's just I mean, maybe it did that because he hit the serve so slow that, you know, the ball sort of got hung up there and the wind took it, but yeah, that, it was, that like, was that was
0: ridiculous. Hopefully, these it was like a whip Wa- a little bit, like a Tim Wakefield knuckleball from back in the day. You just kind of let it like ride. Yeah, literally, exactly. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, it, it was it, it was fun to see Opelka adjust. It was great to see him know when to be aggressive, what side he could step into forehands, and he did a good job of doing that in the first set. I mean, in the second set, he had chances as well, played a really loose game to start out the set, uh, kind of got lost in the swirls of the winds, and so he got broken right away, but had chances to break back. And then in the third, it's kind of the wheels fell off of the match. But I don't know. What do you think about Opelka on the dirt?
1: I mean, his second serve is unbelievable. Um, so I think he's pretty good. He's good as he wants to be. I mean, when he gets yeah, when he gets engaged in a long rally, I mean, it's tough. The odds are odds are against him. But I mean, getting to a tiebreak shouldn't be an issue against a lot of players. And then once you get to that tiebreak, anything can happen.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's going to be fun. You know, he will get into the main draw of the French Open. It'll be cool to see him compete in that atmosphere. Uh, he, yeah, with his serve, I mean, he only had five aces in this match, which is incredibly low for him. So with the things he can do, he's always going to be competing. In it's not match. that easy to ace Montfi though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, especially in, you know, a hurricane tsunami. Yeah, I know nice. exactly
1: Watching Feed move I saw him play up close up close I was like sort of on court level for this event in Indian wells and and just seeing him move just like the way he's able to move like shift his like axis of movement like he's on his heels but he's still balanced and then he's on his toes and he's running forward and he's still balanced and then he's sliding and it's just like this guy's no one no one moves like as well as Malfis does no one.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see him back from injury as well. But let's move on to some of the other results from the tournament. Uh, number one seed Stefano Tsitsipas wins his first match against Guido Andrazi six three six four. A fun fact from the ATP Media Info, with his win today, Tsitsipas becomes the third player on the ATP side to earn 20-plus wins this season. My question to you, Kale: can you name the other two players with 20-plus wins? Hmm. No, no, I'm not in the mood to be quizzed right now, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You can guess one of them. Say, Fun. It, again, this say guy? it again. Say it again. Okay. Fun fact: Sitipas, with his win today, third player on tour with 20 plus wins. Can you name the other two? Um, Medvedev for sure. Yep, that's correct. And I think this other one's tough. It's not a name you'd expect.
1: Who? I like this question, actually. It's pretty good.
0: Um, I don't want to waste too much of their time thinking about it. Um, Here's my hint to you. Look at the first name of his opponent today.
1: Look at the first name of whose opponent?
0: pasta's opponent today. Okay. All right. Who
1: did he play again?
0: <laughs> he played Guido Andrasi. Oh God, Guido Pay, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the other guy. Yeah, three yeah, of yeah. them twenty plus ones. And that kind of speaks to the season we've had. I mean CC Boss and Medvedev, these young guys getting the wins on the two fifty level when the older, you know, the Djokovic's Nadals Fetters aren't playing week in, week out anymore. It speaks to the change we're seeing. So just a cool little stat there. The other result, Dominguez follows up his win over Dimenauer yesterday, knocking off an, uh John Milman six three two one with a retirement. There and that gets us into tomorrow's matches. You look like at some of the action there, the seeds we have in play. Number four seed David Goffin takes on uh, Jao Sosa, that'll be a fun match in Portugal for Sosa. Uh, Francis Tiafo, number eight seed, takes on Yoshihito And What is my favorite match of the day? Those guys have played a bunch of times on the challenger level. Uh, the physicality, the way Nishioka likes to open up angles and space for himself And that he's a lefty seems to always contrast well with Tiafo's style So that's going to be a barn burner uh, Jaziri against Mayer, Cuevas against Baldy Kale, which of those matches excite you the most?
1: The, the TFO one for sure Nishioka's fun to watch, man The shape that he can put on the ball You know, with how loose and like wristy his swing is Is, is really cool Not a lot of players can do that um, with the ball you know he's yeah. just so th- quick through the strike zone. He's such a loose arm, and he's able to whip it and put angles on it. And then his backhand's money hits it flat, and he moves so well too. I mean, this is going to be a good match. Um, I hate it'll to be compare. To see if, if TFO can just you know hit like one or two balls that are just so big that that puts Nishioka you know on the on the defensive. But look, like the guy handled Felix at Indian Wells when Felix was playing fantastic. So
0: this guy's you know is can play as well as anyone. He's a lefty Diego Schwartzman. The way they're able to create angles for themselves, change direction. Nishioka can also gear up a forehand down the line uh, pretty unexpectedly, but with a bunch of power. I I agree with you. I think Tiapo's going to have the chance if he can make a bunch of first serves, uh, open up serve plus ones for himself and dictate against Nishioka. Nishioka can scrap around the court, but he doesn't want to be doing that. Uh, Yeah, Francis is going to have a lot of chances if he starts playing slice games. That falls right into Nishioka's trap. He's happy to yoke you around the court, you know, seven times before going for a down the line ball. It's it's going to be an excellent contrast of styles. I'm very much looking forward to it.
1: And Souza Gofen's going to be good too. Um, I think Gofen. It's just like Souza is plays such a solid game, but I don't know if he has the firepower, you know, to to hurt Gofen. You know, if the guy – if you're giving – he hits this – Sousa's so consistent. He's rock solid. But if you're hitting the same ball to Goffin every time, he's going to pick you apart. You know, he's too smart of a player, um, I think. Um, yeah. So, Sousa, I think he's going to be able to find angles and figure out, you know, figure out what Sousa's not doing well on this particular day. And I think I think, Goffin is going to get this one. And he's a slight favorite too, so, so Vegas would agree. But, I mean, this is – it's an esteril, so you never know. I mean, it's going to be – he's going to have the crowd – and if conditions are tough, so this is actually a good bet. So he's a plus one hundred and sixty, I think. Especially if the conditions are anything like yesterday, because Goffin, Goffin, definitely does not like playing in adverse conditions. Um, he he likes it when you know everything's 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 clean, because he's such a clean
0: hitter. Yeah, he can't ruin that hair. That mop of hair is beautiful. He's beautiful, just in general. He's a little <laughs> cutie. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, then I
1: took a picture with him. I love Gofin. His game is just unbelievable. Watching him warm up is amazing. But I took a picture with him, and you know, I was like I had my credential on. And he looked at me. He's like, "What the f- are you doing, dude?" <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "I just love your game. Do you take a picture with me?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's just the definition of a country club player. Everything's so smooth, so easy. But okay with that let's do one last thing I want or I guess two last things I want to talk about the ATP Challengers real quick uh because obviously they're uh, is the USTA wildcard challenge still going on for Roland Garros? And that wildcard is still sort of in play. Uh, you look at the matches we had in Savannah. The one I want to talk about: uh, two American players, two former ACC guys. I know you know well. Colin Altamirano, the University of Virginia, knocked out number four seed and former Wake Forest player Noah Rubin. Two six six two six two. I mean, Ruben came out hot in this one, but Colin was just missing a lot of balls in that first set. And then Colin, to his credit, the guy's a f-ing machine. I mean, he just does not miss for two hours straight. He play, or maybe not two hours, maybe an hour and a half. He just plays such to- solid tennis, so comfortable changing direction. The guy's a hawk movement-wise. I mean, he's got serious upside cables. He really
1: doesn't make a lot of errors. I watched him play at a challenger, and he really doesn't miss a lot of balls, and that works at every level.
0: Yeah, he just – it's not like Ruben is ever going to overpower you. I mean Ruben takes balls early and he takes time away. But for Altamirano, he just tracked everything down. He kept opening up space for himself. He changed direction on Ruben. Ruben started getting a little slap happy and trying to hit big down the line. And he just – he wasn't able to do that. Yeah, that's what,
1: that's what he wants you to do.
0: Yeah, but its it's still just – I don't know. I guess for Colin, he's a little robotic, and I say that lovingly. I'm obviously a huge UVA guy, with all due respect, uh, Kale, to your Duke Blue Devils. But just, I guess, yeah, you know, well, here's a, a little creative. humble brag for you. Here's my my <laughs> oh, career record career.
1: against UVA is three and zero. Oh, so, really? yeah, never lost to UVA. So that there's there's a, there's my humble brag for the day. Not earlier when over? I was saying something about Kudla. He's just a friend. Come on, <laughs> don't do me like that.
0: Who are the wins over?
1: Don't do me like that. Oh God Almighty. Uh, Julian Uruguin. Um, and then two doubles wins. One was over Damagon, but he's a... Uh... Damajon is, is is for as good as he is at singles, he is that bad at doubles. Like the guy is horrific. He serves in volleys and he's like six foot eight and he's coming in. And you just get every he serves on my back and I get everything at his feet and he just pops it up and it's like, okay. So you're playing Damagan in doubles, you start the point with like a you know, a mid court forehand to the to the net guys and you can sort of dictate and, and rip. But uh, you do not Look, want to play I, him in singles.
0: <laughs> I, I talked about it with Brian Bolin when we interviewed him. He The reason they lost to USC in 2014, and he admitted this, it was the doubles lineup. Ryan Shane and Mitchell Frank as a team. Justin Shane and Alex Damajan as a team. What are we doing? I mean... Oh, but that's a, that's an off-topic tangent for another time. Getting back to this match, I guess just in terms of Altamirano, uh, I was saying he's a little bit robotic in terms of... The, the shot repetition is incredible. You know, the stroke patterns, it's always going to look the same. He knows what he wants to do. There's not a ton of creativity, not a, lot of t- a ton of improvisation. But this is a really solid tennis player. A guy with, you know, top 100 upside for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, what else we got? We got it. it's getting late. It's getting late. It's getting late, my friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's cutting me off already. Oh, all right. Let's rush through these other results real quick. In terms of other college guys we had in play today, because there were so many, uh, Ty Kwiatkowski knocks out Colarini six three seven five. Roberto Sid knocks out Gennard six four uh, six four. We had on the other front Nagal over meringue six one four two retirement. Gonzalez over Emilio Gomez zero three lorenzi over lee three and two mutet over kingsley one and one and tommy paul gets a three set win all he has to do is make the semis and he clinches himself the wild card uh with a five seven six three six four win setting up a great round of 16 tomorrow ton of fun matches a bunch of college guys in play kill you look at that list of matches which are you most excited for
1: anything tommy paul's playing that guy's such a homie and he's hungry <laughs> right now dude tommy's hungry i love to see the fire in him man he needs more of it he's such a nice uh, happy-go-lucky kid but like you know if he can flip the switch and you know get intense like the sky's the limit for that kid I haven't seen too many people move as naturally as he does on a tennis court the guy is just so graceful and so fluid in his movement it's fun to watch
0: no, especially on the clay. I mean, it's just clear he's feeling much better he's than he was. He's a
1: talented was. mover. Like, ta- people have talent, but you don't think of, like, movement as one of them. He- movement is one of his talents. Like, some of the things that he can do, he's just, you know, he's just, like, I was playing against him one time in a practice, and I'm like, I had, like, a high forehand volley that I stuck at cross court, hit it well, and I, like, didn't even get ready for the next ball. It was, it was, a, it was a, you know, point was over. And then he, like, comes out of nowhere and slides into it and, like, gets it back. And I'm just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit, dude. But, um, yeah, he, he's, he's very fast.
0: No, he's, he's a beast. And I agree. It's going to be fun to watch him. Tennis Sangren, the other guy in contention, has a match versus Corea tomorrow. Uh, Tommy against Gonzalez, the fun one. Altamirano Vukic, that'll be great. Uh, Corda Nagal, Blanche muller its so much fun tennis. Look for all levels of the challenger as well. In Mexico, we've got uh, all of the seeds survive and still live in the bottom half. In Bordeaux, you've got Luca Puy, Joe Wilfred Sanga, Marcos Giron, Adrian Manorino. just that's how crazy that they're competing. Yeah, that's at the outrageous, challenger level. outrageous yeah, that's a,
1: challenger draw. Just a ridiculous. They need to defeat. up the prize money on those if those guys are playing <laughs> challengers. That's ridiculous. Counterpoint: How is
0: how is Caruso, Caruso going to get into a challenger if those guys are playing it? he's not (laughs) (laughs) oh exactly but all right i'm tired so there's other news going on but it'll hold till friday so we can wrap things there kale i always want to give you a chance where can our listeners find more of your content and any final thoughts heading into uh, friday and the weekend
1: Oh, it's not Friday yet. We still got to get through Thursday, my friend. Don't jump the oh, gun on me like much. that. See, no, here's the I've thing. I've got a big concert I'm... I'm going to Friday. I cannot yeah. wait. So um... When
0: I'm done recording the Thursday pod, I'm like, all right, now it's Friday to me. I just have to think as though I'm recording for the Friday pod because we do them Thursday night. But, yes, you're right. Gotta day get by day, Thursday. my
1: friends. stay in the moment. Don't look ahead. <laughs> but but follow my Instagram, at Kale Hammond, and then Twitter, at Kale Hammond again. Um, you'll find me. And then follow tennis channel. All the stuff we're doing, um, we're doing some good stuff now. It's definitely we definitely have a voice. Uh, you know, we didn't have a voice a couple of years ago, and we're, we're we're working on it. But it's uh, what a what concert fun. are we looking at? Excuse me. Wait, oh, it's a, looking? it's a, it's a, it's a DJ. A guy's named Sonny Federa. He's, he's like one of the best DJs in the world right now. He's just playing a bunch of house music and samples all like classic songs and just makes it groovy stuff that you can dance to. So I'm going to go dance for four hours. It'll be super <laughs> fun. My legs are going to be sore probably at the end of it, but that's LA for you. Always all something time. to do here
0: that sounds delightful well if you are sore like kale hammond and you need something to do check out our website dot a ton of great tennis content on there to keep you up to date with all things going on in the world of tennis uh college tennis professional level all junior tennis we've got cool commitments going on uh Obviously, check all that out there, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you know, the podcasts by now, Mini Break, Cracked Rackets, Great Shot Podcasts. What the Deuce, we've got it all for you. And don't forget, if you want to win some cool free Cracked Rackets gear, you'll look great dancing in our Cracked Rackets pocket tees, or maybe you want a good luck shock absorber in your pocket during that moment. Uh, you you know. got swag now. You guys have leveled up, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we really Congratulations. Have a- Oh, I appreciate it. We'll leave a, a little review, leave a five-star review on the Mini Break podcast. Leave your name, Instagram handle, Twitter handle, email address, and we will find a way uh, to get out to you if you are our lucky winner. But lastly, huge shout-out to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who have a fun editing job to do, as always. For my wonderful co-host, Kale Hammond, whose work, again, you can find it on Tennis Channel and Tennis.com. For our super producers, Max Flinger and Daniel Westhoff, and from our entire team at Crack Rackets, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Kale, what do we tell our listeners? Well, that's a break, my friend. That's exactly it, and we will see you all tomorrow. Kale, enjoy yourself.